I'm so excited that I get to that I get to speak to you guys this morning. It's an honor and a privilege that I get to do that today. Um, so I'm not I'm not gonna speak for so long. So let's just dive into the Word of God. I'm I'm ready, man. I'm ready to speak the Word of God this morning. I want I want you guys to open your Bibles. Second Second Samuel Second Samuel, chapter four verse four. Um, Second Samuel chapter four verse four. Um, I'm going to be talking about a guy that apparently a lot of our leaders didn't know who the guy was. It's okay. It's okay, McKenna. Um, it's all right, McKenna. Not, not everyone is so spiritual. Um, but his name is Mephibosheth. Mephi. I'm just gonna call Mephi, all right? I'm gonna just call Mephi, so that way I don't I don't say something I'm not supposed to say, and because of my accent, that doesn't help me very much. So, let's just call him Mephi, all right? Second Samuel chapter two, verse four. Second Samuel chapter four, verse four. I'm sorry. Second Samuel chapter four, verse four. And it reads like this. Jonathan, Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. Other translations say he was crippled, couldn't walk. He was five years old when the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Israel. His nurse picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became disabled. His name was Mephi. Cool. His name was Mephibosheth, right? Today, this morning, I'm going to speak to you on the subject of it's not fair. It's not fair. How many of you guys have ever, or no, let me, let me ask this. How many of you guys, life has treated you unfair? For how many of you guys, you said, you know what? When you guys were, well, when you guys were five, six, you were thinking, you know what? When I'm, a, when I'm in junior high, uh, I would like to be uh, an astronaut. I don't know. What do, you guys, what do you guys want? Or perhaps, you know what? Like, I want to I wanna be living in a nice house. Perhaps I want my parents to have a good car, right? And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, life does not turn the way that we want. For whatever reason, one day we're just fine, but then the next day, everything is just bad. And we're going to talk about the story of Mephibosheth, and to be honest with you, when I was reading it, I was like, man, this guy, life treated him so unfairly. And this morning, perhaps you and I will, might be able to identify with this guy. Just to get the story and to get the, uh, uh, the context of the characters, we're going to put on the screen who the characters were. Saul, 
was the king of Israel during that time. Jonathan was, a, uh, was Saul's son, which he became, or he was the prince. And then Mephibosheth was Jonathan's son, okay, or, and, and the king's grandson. But then later on, David becomes the king after Saul was dead. Are you guys? Do you guys? Are you guys familiar with that? Jonathan, Mephib- uh, Jonathan, and David were really, really good friends. Just keep that in mind. So now, Mephibosheth, he was the royal king. I mean, the royal son. He was the grandson of the king. He had money. He had everything that he wanted. He had a great life. Um, he had all the friends that he wanted. Right. He probably went to vacation to Cancun every time that he wanted. Um, he had all the tacos in the world that he wanted. So he was pretty blessed. He had everything. But at five years old, when he was five years old, something dramatically happened to his life. He went from having everything. He went from eating at the king's table. He went from having servants. He went from just wearing the bed's clothes to having absolutely nothing. This is what we're going to read. One day, he's probably playing in the courtyard. The palace door is about to open. People are screaming. People are freaking out. And I'm assuming by Mephibosheth, all he hears is like, you know what? Jonathan is dead. Jonathan's not longer alive. And King Saul to his death, like none of, like there's no one on the throne. And everyone just began just to freak out. And his nurse, the person that was in the care of him, when he hears this news, you know what? Every time the king was dead, whoever was to, to come and take the place of the throne, that king that came into place, he will kill everyone in the house. Just to make sure that there was no one try to rise up and take the throne back. So when the nurse heard that, we read that she picked, she picked him up, she started running, and something happened. She must have tripped or something, and she dropped the kid at five years old. And when she dropped him, that time, his life was not longer the same. He was crippled. He couldn't walk anymore. His spine was broken. So he went from being the king's grandson. He went from being the, the, the son of a prince. He went from having everything to being crippled to his dad and his grandpa being dead. And not only that, they had to go to a place where they have to hide. And it's not fair. Everything just changed dramatically. So he ran from the palace. Both his dad and his grandpa are dead. David, his dad's best friend, where he thought he could trust, was coming probably to kill everyone. Can you imagine at five years old for those events to happen to you? But then we're going to read 2 Samuel chapter 9. I want you to turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 
Have you ever had a Mephibosheth moment? Maybe one day your family is financially well. You know, you guys go on vacation. Then the next day, your parents are foreclosing the, the house because they, don't, they can't pay the house. Or perhaps you thought you had a great family, great parents. Your parents love each other and everything was great. You guys go out when you guys come back only to hear that your parents are filing for divorce. Or maybe uh, you went to a school where you were, when you were well-liked, everyone liked you, had great friends, but your parents had to decide to move from a city, from a state. You ended up going to a different school, and the school that you are right now, you don't fit in. You don't have friends. You feel lonely. Or perhaps uh, you had a, 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 a brother, a sister, or a dad, or a mom, that everything was, uh, they were doing fine, they were doing well, but all of a sudden, they start feeling just a little sick. They ended up going to the doctor, and then all of a sudden, they have cancer. Whatever happened to you, that's, that's a Mephibosheth moment. Everything is fine one time, but then the other, everything is a nightmare. Life isn't fair sometimes. Life doesn't go sometimes the way that we want it. But let's just continue to see what happens in Mephibosheth. 2 Samuel chapter 9. It says this. David asked, and, and, I'm, and this is after um, um, Mephibosheth goes to a, a place of isolation. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of, the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Like we talked about previously, David made a promise to Jonathan that when he became a king, he was going to show kindness to all his family. So when Saul was still a king, Jonathan knew, Jonathan already knew that David was going to become a king. So David was asking, is there anyone in the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king asked, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? Are you service? He replied. Then the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Then Ziba answered to the king, Actually, there's still a son, and his name is Jonathan. He's lame and crippled in both feet. It's so interesting here that when David is asking Ziba, is there anyone in the house of Saul that I can show kindness? And Ziba, what does he respond? Ah, yes. Well, there's actually a guy, but he's just crippled. But he's lame. Which means, ah, you probably don't want to associate with him. Which means, that's probably not the person or the guy that you want to relate to. So, don't worry about it. During that time, in that period, people who were crippled or lame, they pretty much became either a disgrace to society, they became a burden. A lot of those people, because they couldn't walk, they had to drag themselves through the floor, which automatically they became unpure. So, what Seba was saying to the king, you know what? Yes, there's someone... That is crippled in both of his feet. 
he's not good enough. I don't think he would be someone that you would want to be associated with. They will continue to read. Verse 4. Where is he? The king asked Ziba, and Ziba answered, He is of the house of Machir, son of Amiel, and Lodebar. So King David had him brought from Lodebar, from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel. Lodebar. Lodebar meant a place of no bread, meant a place of isolation, a distant place, uh, 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 um, a place where there was nothing. So now, when Mephibosheth went to Lodebar, again, he went from the palace, he went from having abundance, he went to Lodebar, where there was a dry place, where there was no bread, where there was a place of isolation. And David had him brought to him. Five years old. One day, he was a son of grace, of honor, and the other time, he was a son of shame. By the way, Mephibosheth, when we read at First Chronicles chapter 8, his name was Mary Ball. And Mary Ball means someone that fights or someone that goes against the God Baal. Which means when, when Jonathan was thinking about naming his name, he was thinking about a warrior. He was thinking about someone that was going to stand against the other gods. He was thinking about someone that was going to be royalty. So he went from standing against the gods. He was from someone with the name of honor to Mephibosheth. Which Mephibosheth means ungrateful. Mephibosheth means Shame or being ashamed. So he went from being a name of honor to having a name of being ashamed. So not, not only did his family were dead, killed, not only did he have to go and hide to Lodebar to a place of isolation, actually his name had to be, cha- had to be changed because of everything that was happening to him. Are you kidding me? It's not fair. Everything had to be changed because of him. Poor guy. Let's continue to read in, in verse 6. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephi, he replied, are you service? Don't be afraid, David said to him. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather's son, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Wow, are you kidding me? What a terrible thing to say about yourself. I'm a dead dog. That man, I am no one. That man, I'm just garbage. That man, I am the worst of the worst. I'm inadequate. I'm just a dead dog. Who am I for you to come 
and reach me. I am crippled. I can't walk. How many times you and I have felt like that? When we come to this place on Sunday mornings, we come and we try to worship. We try to associate with other people, right? But inside of us, we feel like, you know what? I can't even raise my hands because I'm inadequate. Or I can't even raise my hands and sing because I'm crippled in my heart. Because I'm a sinner and I don't, and I don't think God will forgive me. As a matter of fact, if people would know what happened to me, if people would know what I did last night, last week, I don't, I don't think people would like to associate with me. I've been in that place many times. Where I come, when I actually, sometimes I'm just standing here, I'm just living worship, and in my mind I'm thinking, man, God, who am I for you to even be using me? I need to get God. I don't deserve anything. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been in a place of isolation? Have you ever been in a place where you see yourself and it's like, you know what? I am not worthy of anything. And this was the condition of Mephibosheth. When he was confronted by the king, he just bowed down and was like, king, why are you even bothering and talking to me? I'm just a dead dog. I'm just garbage. I am no one. I used to be someone, but I'm now, I am no one. The king was willing to go and reach out to him. But then we continue to read verse 9. Then king, the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything, everything, everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring him the crops. So that your master's grandson might be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, master, will always eat at my table. David didn't just only give him small land, a piece of land, a little garden where he could just plant his tomatoes, his onions, his beans. Wait, that's my family. <laughs> that's something else. But... King David said, you know what? I'm going to give you everything that your grandpa had. Everything. And this is like what shocks me the most. Check this out. This is actually pretty powerful. Mephibosheth was taken from a place of nothing to a place of everything. He went from a place of hunger to a place of abundance. He was a man of shame. He was a man of disgrace. And now he was becoming a man of honor. God this morning wants to bring you from a place of darkness to a place of light. From a place of shame to a place of honor. He wants to take you from a place of anonymity whatever that word is, to a place of influence. He wants you to be someone that is going to be reaching out to your friends. In order to get to, you will have to get through. There will be times where you will have to go through a dry place in order to get to the promised land. You will have to get through trials in order to get the victories. 
In other words, without test, there is no testimony. Perhaps you are in a place where, you know, you're in the trials. Perhaps you're in a place so low the bar. You're in a place where you're distant, where you try to distance yourself from other people. Perhaps you feel like you're no one. Perhaps you feel like you don't belong. You come to this place, and the last thing you want to be doing is just talking to other people because you feel yourself like you're like a dead dog. I felt like that many, many times. Mephibosheth is you and me. You know, the story of Mephibosheth, it's, a, it's an allegory of what Christ has done for you and for me. I'm going to just tell you really quick three points and I'm going to be done. Mephibosheth was broken. Mephibosheth was broken. Both physically and mentally. Perhaps this morning you and I are not broken physically, but spiritually inside we're crippled. The word of God says that you and I have been or have fallen short from the glory of God. This morning you and I are broken and we need of a Savior. Number two, David made, David made a covenant with Jonathan. Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, he was making that covenant that he was going to take a place from you, and he was going to die instead. David promised to Jonathan, I will show you, I will show grace, I will show favor and kindness to your family and to everyone at your house. And Jesus is saying to the Father, I'm going to show favor, I'm going to show grace to all my people who believe in me. Number three, Mephibosheth was pursued by the king. But you and I this morning are pursued by the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God is after you this morning. And lastly, the king's table covered our sin. What does this mean? I'm going to bring a table up here. Jeff, can you help me? Keep it out for Jeff. And can you bring me that, that stool too, bro, please? That stool? <laughs> so now, thank you. Let's pretend, all right? I want you to use your imagination for a little bit. So I don't want to fall. Actually, can I have uh, Maggie, keyboard, keys? Give Maggie, give it up for Maggie. So the king's table covered our sins or our faults. And I'm going to read the last verse, verse 11. It says, then Siva said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. And this is the most powerful thing. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. So he went from a place of isolation to a place of honor. 
And just pretend this is a king's stable, right? It's like pretty fancy, you know? This cup, pretty fancy plate, right? Let's just pretend that you have a, a, a great dinner and the table is long. But this is powerful. And I want you guys to get this. And I want everyone just to keep looking at me just for two minutes and I'm done. Said, got to sit at the king's table. The king's table covered his crippleness. So when he got to sit at the king's table, when people looked at Mephibosheth, they couldn't see his crippleness. They couldn't see that he was lame. They didn't know he couldn't walk. When people entered the room and saw Mephibosheth, what they saw was a man of honor. When people looked at him, they didn't saw someone that came from Lodabar. They saw someone that was a son, someone that belonged, someone with grace, someone with power, someone with authority. People were not looking at his feet because the table was covering his People was looking at him as a man of authority. When Jesus went to the cross to die for you and me, you know what happened? He took away all my sin. He took away all my pain. He took away all my nastiness. So that when people look at me, they will always see the grace and the favor of God in me. The cross offer you the cross will embrace you and God right now this morning I feel like there's one or two people that feel like they don't belong at the king's table that they feel like they're not worthy enough they have sinned so much they have done a lot of stuff remember how just mourn how just captivated your mind that you can't seem to break away and every time you come here you're just broken you don't know what to do and the last thing you want to do is be seeing This morning, the King of Kings, he's searching for your heart. He's going after you because he has prepared a place for you, a place of honor where you can sit and eat. Luke 22, verse 29, 30 says, I now grant you the right to eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. God is giving you the right. God is saving a place for you to come and just sit and be part of what he's doing. And this morning, we're going to do something special. I'm done. I'm going to ask all the leaders to stand and just to spread around the room. And I believe this is a spiritual moment. I believe that God is after your heart. And this is what we're going to do. Jesus is giving a place for you to sit at the table. You belong here. You understand that? You belong here. Jesus sees you by his son. He's inviting you. He wants you. But will you respond to that grace? Will you respond to that love?
perhaps maybe you feel like Mephibosheth, where you feel like, you know what, I'm just not good enough. I've done so many things. I have seen so many things. But I don't think I belong. I don't think I'm inadequate. I don't think God speaks to me. Or I don't think I can be used. I have so many insecurities. I don't fit in this group. I'm just weird. No one likes me. No one wants me. But let me tell you something. God has appeared lies of the enemy. And this morning, if you feel like you want to come back to the king's table and you want to just repent from your heart, I'm going to invite you just to stand and to go with all these leaders that are around the room and they're going to pray for you. They're going to pray over greatness for you. They're going to speak uh, 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 just life unto you. And if you this morning feel like you don't belong, well, guess what? Today, you do. Today, this morning, right at this moment, right at this minute, you are the king's son. You are the king's daughter. You belong in this table. And when people look at you, when people look at you, they're going to see the son and the daughter of the king. going to give a time of ministry time and i'm going to encourage you right now just to go with the leaders and just to and, and allow the leaders to pray for you allow the leaders to minister to you so please have the freedom to do that don't stand in your place allow the holy spirit to minister to your life perhaps you feel like you don't belong but god has reserved a place in the table so there's leaders around the room. So would you just please just go with your leaders? There's a lot of, you know, girls on the back, people on the back. So would you just please just go ahead and do that? Would you just play the lights down? Come on, let's just pray. Well, maybe there's a group there right there in your chairs. Would you just get a group? You know, just pray for one another. You are or you need to be in a place of honor this morning. Jesus is going after you. Jesus is going after your heart. Jesus is going after your life. Would you open your heart? Would you allow him to speak to you this morning?